This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon with you on a Thanksgiving edition of Reception Perception the Show. Uh, I will ask you, Matt, right off the top, your favorite Thanksgiving dish is what? Oh, man, that's uh, you asking the hard-hitting questions here. Um, <laughs> right off the top, baby. <laughs> I, I Look, I love Thanksgiving. I'm already rocking one of my two Thanksgiving Thank shirts are. here. Look G- at that. Got a lot of compliments on this one, out running <laughs> errands good. today. Looks good. Uh, best leg day ever. I should have <laughs> tweeted a picture out of it, but I, I forgot to do that, so whatever. Um, anyways, nobody cares about the shirt. Honestly, dude, and I know this is controversial, but okay. my favorite Thanksgiving uh, and just holiday – like food in general is the ham and i know that is a i know that's a hot take because some people don't like ham and it's not really like the star of the show at all you know obviously like the turkey's a big deal you know the sides are a big deal but i i my family has always loved to have a ham out like as a picking food like before the meal so like and now that you know, I, I do all the, I do the smoke, like the, the the big green egg, the Traeger, all that stuff. Like, so I smoke the ham in the in the big green egg, oh, and God, uh, you know, pop, yeah, dude, pop that bad boy out. I got a shout out to if you're into barbecuing at all out there, and you're not following uh, Malcolm Reed, how to barbecue right on his YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we're we're pa- we're a pals on Instagram and Twitter. If you're not following that dude, you're doing it wrong. He has this incredible raspberry chipotle ham recipe that I have used. I used last year for Thanksgiving, bringing it back this year. It is incredible, and that is like one of my highlights is having that bad boy out on the counter and just picking at it all day long. Man, I, I love the ham. Bro, you're too young to be this middle aged dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you are you're you're the epitome of that. What's that? What's that insurance commercial or or you know? Oh like, no, no, yeah, no, no, I know, yeah. Hey, listen, Progressive not, is not sponsor. It is not okay. sponsoring the show, so we don't need to. But you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, no, that is so great. that is me. That's what I have. I have a hundred percent become. Like there's a. I mean, come on, dude. You're older than me. You got you definitely I, I'm way watch, older than you. <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't want to say way older, but yeah, you are obviously way, way older than me. You're, you're you know, <laughs> I'm you're ancient, ancient I'm, at this I'm, point. Yeah. yeah exactly. One foot and turned into dust. What are you talking one, about? You're like one sneeze away from 50. You're basically 50 at this point. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you watch that. You got it. Like, there's definitely some things I watch that, though. I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Uh, that's oh, tough dude. One. That's yeah. I'm that's half of one. those things for sure. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely the guy that leaves voicemails and leaves my number two times. Hundred percent. I'm that dude. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, me too. But yeah, yeah me too. That's so bad. Anyways, um, I will go ahead and say stuffing. I love a good stuffing. That's my favorite yeah. one. Uh, and uh, and I am team pumpkin pie as well. Although a lot of people don't like pumpkin pie, but I, I do love me some good pumpkin pie, uh, especially around the holidays. All right, so. 
Um, anyways, okay, we'll move on. Hey, listen, we got a great show here in front of us here today. Um, wanted to touch in on the re- kind of a little bit of a follow up show uh, to our show from a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago rather. But uh, follow check in on the Rams, check in on the Jets. Uh, maybe give you a couple sleepers on this hot, fine Thanksgiving holiday. Give you a couple sleepers going into week number twelve as well. Um, can we start with Traylon Burks though, man? I I think it's fair to ask. Look, he had a huge game, huge game uh, his last time out, right? Seven receptions yep. on eight targets, 111 yards. But I will ask you this, Matt. Is it a breakout game or is it a blip? Breakout or blip, Traylon Burks? You know, I think somewhere probably in the middle. Look, there. it was funny watching the uh, Titans and the Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. Um, you know, your guy Malik Willis was out there, you know, throwing go routes to freaking Chris Conley. And it's just like, <laughs> dude, I know, I know Malik Willis is, let's put it kindly, scattershot at this point. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my God, like none of those wide receivers could make a play for him. And, you know, I even even sitting there saying, you know, I've talked on this show many times that I've got some questions about Traylon Burks, like in terms of his development, how fast is he going to be up to speed in terms of, you know, like I didn't think he was going to be ready to rock right away in the NFL. And, you know, when the when we saw him earlier, he wasn't ready to rock. He was like kind of a limited player, stuff like that, you know, before getting hurt or whatever. But even I'm sitting there saying, like, you know what Traylon can do? He can run those freaking go routes and you know high point of football that like these guys like Chris Conley and those goofballs for the for the Titans were not doing uh in that game in particular so um I did find I was I remember thinking that as a uh, as we were, as we were watching that Sunday Night Football game uh Titans Chiefs but you know I do think it's somewhere between like a breakout and a blip because obviously like it's not the healthiest ecosystem for passing volume anyways right in Tennessee, <laughs> no <they're>, yeah, no, <laughs> no 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 to, to say to no. say one thing but yeah. You know, what Traylon Burks can do well, and obviously he's featured in the Rookie Report, which we've talked about on the show, ReceptionPerception.com. If you get a Prime Sicko subscription, you can uh, – we're going to have a big uh, Black Friday sale this weekend. If you're listening to this podcast right now and yeah. you're not signed up for the site, go check out our Twitter. Uh, we'll be tweeting about the the sale, ReceptionPerception.com. The promo code will be up there as well. So uh, you can get a discount on getting the Rookie Report. Uh, but anyways, point being here, you know, this is a um, – it's a guy who's a limited player. Like I said, you know, he's not a hundred percent run the full route tree, but really high success rate on the slant and the go route. Uh, those vertical routes I think are, are really good for him. He did show some good development on uh, some base routes too, like the dig and out. Um, so I don't think he will be consistently good every single week because I think he is still learning an entirely new position. You know, I've talked about this on the show before, but Traylon Burks took 80.5% of his snaps in the slot or backfield and 84% of his snaps off the line of scrimmage in his collegiate reception perception sample in the rookie report sample. And obviously this did not include the week, the game against the, the green Bay Packers or the one before that, when he came off IR 18 18.8% of his snaps were a slot or backfield and just 26.6% off the line. So they were, I know that like he still has the nominal wide receiver next to his name, but I can't emphasize enough how that is like basically a completely different position. Having him play X receiver versus what he did as a collegiate player. So uh, while I do think like the opportunity should be there for Burks, I think he definitely has big playability. We saw that against the Green Bay Packers. I still think he'll be an inconsistent player, but um, I think as you know, if we're just talking fantasy, I think you can you should definitely roster him. You should think of him as like maybe a, a guy that you're considering in your, in your flex every single week. But I think we can expect some up and down moments from him as he continues to learn that new position. Uh, in your write-up in the pre-draft process for Traylon Burks, um, you know, obviously was 
flat out not good against man coverage. Uh, 57.5% success rate. Again, collegiately, not in the pros, but collegiately, you put them in the 11th percentile in terms of success rate versus man. And then I look at the rookie report, um, and actually he's improved that score quite a bit. You know, 67.5% success rate versus man in the pros. Um, that kind of development I don't, tells me that uh, that this is a guy that has worked on his craft just a little bit, and maybe possibly the athleticism is starting to show through as well. Yes, and when you look at, uh, you know, he only in the sample of games, he only ran about 73 routes, right? Um, but that's cons- that was a score that consistently improved from game one to two to three to four. Um, like a guy that just got a little bit better as the, as the more he played, which, you know, makes a ton of sense because, again, developmental player that needed some seasoning. I think he was getting that seasoning. Now I do still have concerns with him against press coverage. Uh, Like when guys can get up uh, in his grill, you know, 56.5% success rate versus press. That was the second lowest among the guys that are featured in the rookie report right now. Um, That's definitely a weakness of his game. Like when he goes against physical coverage, stuff like that. But you know, if you give him a free release, man, and you're having him run a limited route tree, like just do get some in routes, get some slant routes, get some vertical routes. He's really, really good in those areas. So, um, you know, it's not too dissimilar. Actually, this is kind of an interesting question. Like, he's, he's not too dissimilar to like how I feel about Christian Watson right now. Uh, Christian hmm, Watson. Okay. Is, um, and like, I'm curious, which which guy would you prefer, like short term, long term? Because I think, you know, Christian Watson's a guy that runs slants and he runs go routes. He runs deep over routes. And that's pretty much about all he can do right now, but he makes big plays on those. And I kind of feel like Burks is a little bit in that same sort of bucket right now. I was asked, I was asked that exact same question on Twitter today. Would you rather have Christian Watson or Traylon Burks long-term? And I think my answer was, I think it's very close, but I think I would still uh, prefer Christian Watson over Traylon Burks just because of the overall athletic traits. If we're talking about two players that are developmental types um, mm-hmm. And again, they're both working on their craft right now. Uh, go ahead and give me the guy that I think has higher ceiling from an athletic standpoint. The one thing that makes me say eh, I'm not 100 percent like all in on that take. It's the hands. I don't oh, think dude, Christian yeah, Watson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> doesn't have great hands. And that makes me a little bit uh, a little worried. Um, is that something that wide receivers can fix? Can that change that much? to change the trajectory of a guy's career. I'm not sure. So that's the one thing where I'm saying, uh, I think they're kind of sort of close, uh, but I'll overall still take the guy that I think is a better athlete than Traylon Burks, but I think Burks has better hands. I think Burks has better hands, um, like for sure. It's a real it's a real weakness in his game. I'm trying to look up just like their overall drop rates right now. I know in the like small sample of games um, for reception perception, uh, you know, Christian Watson had like an absurd uh, drop rate. Yeah. Right now, Christian Watson, he's got four drops in the NFL so far, you know, Traylon Burks is, is only has one. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's small sample, whatever, but I think you're right to say that is a big concern for Christian Watson. It's not so much for Traylon Burks who, you know, with, with Burks, like, I mean, he's a tough dude too. And he's, a, he can burn. Like, I think he's was probably a little coming in like the pre-draft process, you know, before the combine, he was talked about as a guy that was going to go to the combine and like rip that thing up, but he didn't really do yeah. that. He was like, no, yeah, it wasn't, Not no, it wasn't impressive, but I think he's more <laughs> of an on field, like bully type of guy. Um, yeah. And I think like one thing you're noticing from him, uh, you know, this is narrative stuff, but I know you'll be fine to do this type of analysis with me. Like when he did the like too small thing to Jair Alexander on, you know, like did the like whatever. I was like, that's good to see for Traylon because like when he can yeah. get engaged and like 
really start to get in the flow of being like a big badass For that's when he sure. can, that's when he can really be something like i don't see him as like those i don't see the aj brown comparisons you know even before he was drafted by the titans people made aj brown comparisons because of like the size and stuff like that but you know i really think um I think he could be like a Juju Smith-Schuster type of player, but better in the vertical game, uh, like a tough, rugged, like, you know, short to intermediate guy, but, um, you know, might have more upside as a man coverage beater, might have more upside as like a go route runner. And man, that is, I mean, that's a pretty, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if he has a ceiling of an elite player, but I think it's a pretty solid ceiling. So for me, I actually kind of think like rest of season from a fantasy perspective, I think I might prefer Christian Watson, but we'll talk more about the Packers like in a second just if like in a hypothetical world Rodgers is playing the entire season whatever I think I prefer Christian Watson just because the yeah. offensive ecosystem is going to be a little bit better but I actually think long term I I think I'll, ta- I'll take Traylon Burks because I actually kind of feel like the projection is a little bit safer um than Christian Watson like but the athletic upside is something certainly to mention there with Watson uh, four five five is what Traylon Burks ran at two hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, the vertical jump actually concerned me. I think more than the forty time, thirty three inch vertical jump for me. Um, that's well below average, dude. And and I get it. he's a big guy, but thirty three. It's like guys, you, you got to get to at least thirty five. You know, yeah. um, for me, uh, and thirty three to me indicates he is somebody that does not have great short area burst. Um, yes. And, and I think that also shows up on tape as well. Um, the four you know, James, five, I think, I yeah, think that's ahead. kind of, I think that's probably why the Titans and I think they were right to do this. We're like, you know what? Forget that gimmicky bullshit that he did in college. Like we're going to try just like, we'll take the size of the guy and just try to make him a real big boy wide receiver. Because I don't think he actually has the athleticism to be like a, you know, I mean, there were times because based on his usage, people were like, oh, maybe he could be the next Debo Samuel. Like, oh, my God, get out of here. Like, <laughs> athletically, like those guys are not even close. So, no, I no, think no. like, yeah, make this guy like a big bully on the outside uh, and, and not really like a I'm kind of coming around on the idea that the tight end, because I think Mike Vrabel's just such a good coach that he, maybe he can pull this off. Um, kind of coming around to that based on like, yeah, that athleticism, like you don't want him out there like doing little Debo Samuel, Percy Harvin type stuff. You want him kind of beating guys up on the outside. I can understand when they bring up Debo just because they're both such physical. Uh, I yeah. mean, Debo's literally named after a bully, right? So like, <laughs> right. That, that kind of stuff makes actual uh, narrative sense anyways, when you talk about, okay, if you want to, if you want this guy to play a little bit of bully ball um, out there, but you know, you, you bring up AJ Brown too. And again, just a different stratosphere, I think of an athlete, right? Like same size, 225 pounds, but he ran a four four nine versus a four five five, and his vertical jump thirty six and a half versus a thirty three. So I just think it's a different kind of animal uh, when we're talking about these two athletes. Um, and again, man, like I, we've seen it too. Like AJ Brown is that big boy wide receiver on the outside that absolutely just. I mean, you better bring your lunch pail, man, when you're guarding yeah. AJ Brown because he's going to absolutely get physical. Uh, with you, no doubt about it. I, I'm torn. I, I really am on Traylon Burks, and and you know, coming into the pre-draft process, Matt, like I was with all these other guys. I mean, you see the highlights. Uh, how, how could you not be impressed uh, by the physicality of it all? But then his combine score came out, and um, you know, I thought his numbers underwhelmed. And then you did the charting on him too, and um, you were talking about how he's got so far to go uh, in terms of beating man press coverage. And you know, when you are that physical and that big. 
you would think, Matt, that like being a man press shouldn't be that difficult, right? Yeah, I think he's a little bit stiff. And I just think from a technique perspective, he's just very, very raw. Like we're talking about that can't stress enough how different like what he was doing versus what a guy like Jamar Chase did in college or a guy, you know, even in his same draft class, like Drake London did or Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, like these guys that were playing real wide receiver. Like there are just a lot of what Traylon Burks was doing in college was not real wide receiver. Um, And I think that's why the Titans were like, okay, in a weird way, it was almost interesting because they needed like immediate wide receiver help. right? Right. And they haven't gotten, anything from Robert Woods or Nick Westbrook-Akina or any of these guys that yeah. were starting this year. It's like, right. okay, let's have Traylon like go on the slow path, but we're going to really develop him at the position that we need, which is X wide receiver rather than like, what can we do to get him on the field right away? Like let's have him hammer, hammer away, like keep chopping wood at like learning route running and learning um, the, the, you know, technical aspects of the game. And I think he's gotten a lot of praise even in the time when he's been away from the game because he was on IR for a while for like working on his craft and stuff like that. So that's, that's really good to see, especially because he came in, he like, remember all those off season reports about how he was like out of shape and he was struggling in mini camp yeah. and stuff like that. So right. I, sometimes like guys don't take well to hard coaching and it sounds like he's really taken well to hard, hard coaching, which is good to see. Last thing I want to say about Traylon Burks <clears throat> and pick your brain on this, but I feel like given his um, size and speed profile, this is a guy that absolutely needs to learn how to be successful in zone coverage. And that's not where he is right now. And also too, that's really where the Debo comparisons really kind of fall apart, right? Like Debo's yeah, so totally. good against zone. Um, and and this guy, Traylon Burks right now, not very good. According to the rookie report, uh, he was what? One, two, three, four, five, six, the six worst uh, against uh, success rate versus zone coverage, 75.8%. And again, you want to start getting up into that 78, 79, 80% area. If you really want to say, uh, stake your claim as being a wide receiver who is good against zone coverage. But would you kind of like agree with me that this is a player that needs to be successful against zone coverage? Got to see better results there for sure. You know, especially some like classic zone beating routes uh like post routes uh you know curl routes stuff like that routes where you're gonna be you're gonna be able to sit down uh you know i mean the slant's a good good number there but i think that most of that comes against man coverage so some of these like zone beating routes especially vertically you know because you can run a go route and just rip it up against man coverage and and i think he's he's shown he can do that 64.7 percent success rate uh on the nine routes but like if you're going to make big big plays against zone coverage you need to attack the seams especially against cover two um some stuff like that you know cover three looks as well like that's really where you're going to try to hit that uh big play there and i think uh that like improvements on the post routes and some of those um in breaking vertical intermediate patterns he needs to get a little bit better on for sure yeah, I think also, <clears throat> I, I think I would also like to see Traylon Burks play a little bit more inside as well. I would love uh, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, too. just to kind of get more of it, the snaps that I think he was used to from college, um, and maybe you know, again, have him do the kind of things that he was successful at in college, and then build on top of that uh, in the pros. He, uh, by the way, just one last thing on Traylon Burks. He did uh, yeah, get ahead. two targets out, two targets out of the slot. Two catches, 44 yards against the Packers. So that was wow. really good to see. Eight tar- eight targets total. So I, I, I remember watching that on uh, Sunday night and actually a few people tweeting at, at me being like, I think Mike Vrabel read the rookie report. And I was like, I, d- I doubt it, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't think I can, don't think there I see go. Mike on the uh, subscriber list. But I did want to note that like they make, got him some big plays from there. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Let's talk. I want to follow up here. Um, well, we brought that Christian Watson comparison in. Okay, so then obviously the news breaks today that Aaron Rodgers um, is working with a, a broken thumb, a thumb that he injured back in week number five. This week takes on Philadelphia and that secondary that is just absolutely a problem. Shut down secondary yeah. there for Philadelphia. Um, does the news impact your thoughts at all on you know the the, the rest of the season outlook here uh, for Alan Lazard or Christian Watson? And, and my personal thing was just, well, I mean, if he's been dealing with it since week five, I guess we kind of sort of know what we got. Yeah, that, that was kind of my first instinct, too, that when I when I saw that report, like, OK, I mean, I guess we kind of know what Rogers is then. And, you know, he's had some decent moments. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that was kind of my thought I was like, yeah, I guess we've seen what Rogers looks like with this thumb. But, you know, I just it's such it's such a weird vibe with the Packers right now because they have yep. this big win against Dallas, but they always beat Dallas. You know, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers like wanted to get up and beat Mike McCarthy and all that like weird stuff, you know, but um, I still feel the same way right now, like that they're still kind of lost in the wilderness. And I feel like anything is on the table for the Packers next year. Like if Rodgers is, you know, on the, like on the move next year, wouldn't be surprised. Hey, maybe he gets traded to the jets, right? Like uh, you know, one LaFleur to another. I doubt it. Right though. Yeah. that probably not, yeah. but yeah. Um, I don't know. Just to me, it, it didn't like, I guess it didn't really change much for a guy like Alan Lazard, who had a big game from a, like a, opportunity standpoint against Tennessee and didn't really convert right. it. And, you know, Christian, Christian Watson, I think pretty much the same thing I said earlier. Like, I feel like he's a decent guy the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy that's absolutely on a hot streak right now, five touchdowns over his last two games is Christian Watson. And uh, he's seen huge spikes here in both targets and um, yardage, uh, eight targets, four catches, 107 yards in week number 10 against Dallas. By the way, that's like looking pretty impressive. Uh, considering what they just did against Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings defense last week. Um, and then against Tennessee, uh, again, you know, the secondary, not very good, um, but that's okay. Six uh, targets, four catches, 48 yards, and two touchdowns for Christian Watson. But did you want to expand a little bit um, on the hands and I guess the long-term uh, upside or maybe lack thereof. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Christian Watson, but um, uh, you know, you're saying you take Traylon Burks uh, just slightly ahead of Christian Watson. What's the long-term outlook here uh, for Watson? Yeah, I still feel like my uh, Martavis Bryant comparison, like in a peak situation, is my is my favorite comparison for uh, yeah. uh, Christian Watson because just a guy that is really limited. You know, looking back on Martavis Bryant, you know, he was certainly really exciting, right? I mean, yeah, I think even like on a like an on-field 
on-field play even freakier than a guy like Christian Watson. Obviously, Christian Watson has crazy athletic measurables. But, you know, right now when you look at uh, Christian Watson just from a route standpoint, the, the best routes that he has in his, in his arsenal right now, certainly in the nine route, 24.5% of his uh, routes were a nine route in the rookie report sample, a 68.8% success rate, which is a really good number. Yeah, that's um, insane. And also the post route too, 15.9% of his routes and 70% success rate on the post. Like this is a guy that can absolutely rip it deep. And so again, those go routes, the deep overs, those are going to be big time plays for him. But yeah, he's not, he is definitely not a complete wide receiver right now. And a guy that um, needs a lot of growth and development to really do anything more than that. Um, you know, someone else offered the comparison of like a Will Fuller type. I think that makes sense too. Uh, obviously he's just bigger and built a little different. Pro I would say probably a little bit freakier, but yeah, definitely a guy like Christian Watson needs some development uh, to be a legit full-time receiver. But I also really like the way they've used Christian Watson in, in certain parts of the season, like getting him on the move from like a pre-snap motion standpoint, using him off the line of scrimmage. That's been pretty encouraging to see for Watson. It's it's actually really interesting when I look at the rookie report here on receptionperception.com, but um, you tracked Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson in, in among rookie wide receivers. They are both in the bottom six uh, in terms of success rate versus man. That's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, not a like not easy living being Aaron Rodgers this year. I, I know he's brought some of it on himself. Um, right. But like, that's what's so weird about this team, right? That like they have Rodgers who's, and they theoretically think they're in this championship window, but it's like, they've just got guys like rookies out there just kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're both like more downfield receiver. Even Romeo Dobbs is not the same type of downfield receiver. He's more of like a downfield contested guy, um, but he's a downfield player. And, and, you know, then they've got Alan Lazard doing his thing and Randall Cobb. And it's just, I mean, crazy. They, they get Randall Cobb off IR and like Rogers is just peppered him right away. But <laughs> oh my God, of course, <laughs> there you go. By the way, if Green Bay wants to know what they got, if they want to drum up some interest in a trade market for Jordan Love or vice versa, you mentioned it yourself, maybe the team looks to move on from Aaron Rodgers, trading him there. Although when I say that, I kind of in the back of my head, did he did he have a no trade clause built into his deal? Uh, yeah, sure. but usually, but so did like a guy like Deshaun Watson. That usually just means like he can pick a spot, like you, he'll wave right. his no trade clause to go somewhere. Right, I right, mean, I'm right. sure his deal would be a pain to yeah, it's move. Almost impossible it's, to move. It's an albatross, but I think there's ways that they can get out of it, of course. And you know, I mean, I also think there's a chance that he can like just retire. You know, sure. um, there, there's definitely a chance he just he's like, forget this. Um, oh, brother, yeah. I could absolutely see him going on an ayahuasca retreat and just never coming back. <laughs> you know, just yep. like we're, we are good to go. <laughs> I don't need to get my thumb broken. I don't need to be getting chased down by DNs and just linebackers blasting me right up the middle. Now nah, I'm good. Um, but no, like if the team wants to figure out what they've got with Jordan Love and and again, try to drum up some kind of trade interest. Um, and dude, considering the, the, the draft capital you spent on Jordan Love, dude, try to recoup some of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that would be the smart move for Green Bay just to at least see what you got in the kit in Jordan Love. I mean, his his Utah State tape looks like it's like from the 80s. It's that, that's how old it is now. You know, it's just like, good Lord, what's going on? All right, man. Um, can I just have a uh, a little moment of silence, man, for, for Daryl Henderson? I, I'm like the last Daryl Henderson truther on planet Earth. Oh, man. 
He got dropped by LA, which is so random and so weird. And they got picked up in Jacksonville to be Travis Etienne's uh, backup. But man, Matt, how, how random is it that Cam Akers is still on this team? I know. Daryl Henderson is the one that got cut. Like what? What happened there? I know, I know. Um, if you had said that like a month ago when all that Cam Akers drama around the trade lo- deadline was going on, you'd be like, what? No way. They're, they're right. trying to give Akers away. They're, they're, they'll take peanuts for him. They'll take a couple hot dog buns, even if they're stale. They'll take whatever for <laughs> Cam Akers, but he's still there. Um, he's still there. You know, and funny, you, you, I didn't even know he got picked up by the Jags until you told me right before we started recording. I'll admit that. On I was, I was at Home Depot picking up, uh, you know, charcoal and and some right. wood for my for my smoked turkey and the ham and uh, you know i was down the street at the el segundo brewing picking up some there beers i missed the daryl henderson uh, transaction uh but i saw you didn't miss much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> i'm actually kind of surprised the texans didn't claim him because the texans have claimed like hey anybody who's relatively young and you know was an exciting prospect at one point we'll take them you know old tyler johnson amari rogers even these guys have not been good in the nfl but we'll take a shot at it i'm kind of surprised the texans didn't claim him and ruin but thankfully they didn't ruin damian pierce i i don't know that this ruins travis Etienne, but um it is I, what's going on in la with the with the running backs there i know that um jordan Rodriguez reported that like they kind of thought kyron williams might be a long time long-term replacement for uh, Daryl Henderson because they've tried to use Daryl Henderson as like a passing down back. And that's kind of where Kyron Williams theoretically should shine. But an in-season cut is, is really surprising. Uh, had to have been something beyond football had to have been, you know, I but just wasn't that what the acre stuff was like stuff beyond I football. Know. Like why is exactly. it, what's is McVeigh like jealous about Kyle Shanahan bullying all his receivers. He's like, I'll bully <laughs> all my running backs. <laughs> I, I think it probably has to do with draft capital. Right. Like, you know, uh, Cam was a second round pick and, you know, I, I you know, I think McVeigh, um, either McVeigh or, or whoever stumped for him a little bit, obviously. Um, and Daryl Henderson's just, you know, a, a random running back. Although I will say, like, again, this is the truth through me coming out, but like 2,200 scrimmage yards in his final season at Memphis. It's not like this guy's third sucks. rounder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and he's had moments in the NFL. Like, I think he's a capable running back. Yeah. You know, I, I get I'm I get confused. why the Jaguars would want him around because they don't have any depth behind. That was one thing when they traded uh, James Robinson. It was like, right. OK, well, you know, you have nothing really behind except like to Michael Hasty, who is a, a special teamer, you know, yep. behind Daryl Henderson's. I mean, behind Travis Etienne. So, you know, it definitely makes sense for them why they would want to grab him. Yeah, and then uh, and then again, there's a, a potential quarterback change there as well. Matt Stafford, obviously dealing with a, a neck injury, uh, had a neck injury, and um, and again, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. And then um, uh, what, what do they got? This uh, this kid, this undrafted free agent out of UVA, Bryce Perkins, uh, could potentially be making the start. Uh, I will say this about Perkins, man: football is in this dude's blood, man. His dad, brother, and uncle all played in the NFL. How about that? Wow. Yeah, I. I basically know nothing about him i didn't even know he played i mean obviously you know uh, well he's not a virginia guy he's from arizona so never yeah. mind but you know played ball at uva uh i, I, I mean he could there if i'm not mistaken yeah he did yeah he can he can run a little bit though i mean he ran eight times for 43 yards uh against the against the saints uh yeah. when he had to relieve matthew stafford but i mean 
how close do you think the the Rams are to shutting Stafford down at this point for the rest of the season? I mean, again, we're talking about two injuries to the head and neck area in two consecutive weeks, right? Uh, two Bad. consecutive games for him. I don't know. I mean, and, and again, what is he, 35 years old? I mean, golly, if they're trying to pr- – this season is going – no, the season's lost. It's over. You yeah, know, Cooper over. Cup's not going to be out there. It's you, – You think – if you have Cooper Cup on your fantasy team, do you drop him right now? Yeah, he's not coming back, dude. I mean, they t- uh, the the doctor on my on my on my direct TV show talked about the surgical procedure that he went through. They drill a small hole through the bones, and then, you know, to they lace it oh up to basically keep all that stuff together. Does that sound like a guy that's coming back week eighteen, week well, seventeen yeah, for, for yeah for these for this? Rams? Yeah, no nah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Nah, because I've gotten some questions about that, and I'm always hesitant to drop a dude that like, you know, Cooper is Cooper Cup, right? It'd be like if yeah. CMC was in the same situation. I'd be like, I don't want to drop CMC, you know, like if he's not, <laughs> if there's a chance, but right. You know, yeah. For a non-competitive Rams team, I, I guess you can, you can go ahead and drop him. It, it's, it's crazy though, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely I agree. Know. I think he'll, I, I think he, I think Stafford, they're going to have that conversation soon if they haven't already. Takes on Kansas City this weekend. Um, and again, if you're playing DFS. <laughs> Soft landing spot for old Bryce. <laughs> Good job, Bryce. Good luck, kid. No, but look, Casey's defense is not very good, um, so we know that. And and again, if we're talking about a, a guy that rushes, by the way, at UVA, the guy ran all over the place, okay? So, no, he, he, this is him being a mobile quarterback. That's who he is. Um, I'll tell you what, in DFS, he's going to go for absolutely nothing. And uh, yeah. and again, when, when we're talking about, like, let's say you're playing in a tournament, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm open to, to seeing what a Bryce Perkins led DFS roster looks like, dude. I don't know. You could load up in all these other positions. Sounds like when people were talking about this with Malik Willis and you know, he threw, he threw for like <laughs> 55 yards. That's a good point. Dude. I don't know. That's a, that is such a good point. Oh God. He could absolutely. All, all I know is now we can, we can, we can add Bryce Perkins to the names of dusty quarterbacks who have thrown to Allen Robinson. Like, Jesus. I mean, there's a, yeah, add him to the list. Oh, boy. God. We'll probably see John Wolford again soon. He got, I mean, what's his injury? He, you know, I, I don't I think even he know. He has a neck injury, too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I didn't, I didn't quite look that. Up. Yeah, it's just, man, um, it's, it's a disaster. Just an absolute disaster um, in LA for the Rams. I mean, anything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong for LA. And, and it started from the jump, too. It started from week yeah. one, the injuries uh, to the offensive line. Then you've got injuries to Cooper Cup. Then you've got injuries to Stafford. It's just, it's unbelievable uh, what this team has gone through following their Super Bowl victory. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, let's follow up on the Jets here. Um, okay, so Mike White is now official. And I went back and I, and I watched a bunch of Mike White tape here. Uh, played four games, played in four games. I think he started three uh, for the Jets last year. He looked good, legitimately good against Cincinnati. And he looked bad against New England. But again, it's they, every Jet quarterback looks bad against New England for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, I mean, Zach Wilson looked so bad he got freaking benched. <laughs> but he was just downright atrocious against Buffalo. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions against Buffalo. But that was, again, with the healthy Tredavious White and, and company. That, that defense was healthy and running hot um, at that point 
in the season. So five touchdowns, eight interceptions. The overall stat line looks pretty bad. Uh, but I would say against Cincinnati, he did have a 108 passer rating. And again, 400 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions against Cincinnati. So where where are we standing here now with Mike White on the overall health of the offense? Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jets Therapy, a show on YouTube. It's hosted by uh, one of my college buddies and another, another friend, uh, Dan Savage and Gordon Merck. We went to college together uh, and he hit me up. Actually, he's been trying to all season get me to come on their on their YouTube show to talk Jets. Um, and just so happened, I was about to do it last week and I pushed it off a week. I was like, ah, I can't. I was, you know, so I was traveling last week. I was like, let's just do it after you know, the first game out of their bye and great timing that we did this today on the day that Zach Wilson got benched. So definitely go check, right. go check out the show. We really, I mean, we go. unpacked that situation from six different angles and it, it was literally jets therapy. That's for sure. But you know, one thing I, one thing we talked about on the show and I actually think you could really make some big picture questions about like the drafting of Zach Wilson because of this like. What do we think about when we think about a Shanahan offense and like obviously Mike LaFleur, you know, and obviously Robert Saul is the head coach. It comes from that tree, right? Like that that's okay. what they're doing. We think of a quarterback that needs to just keep the train on the tracks, right? Like a quarterback that's going to make on schedule throws, make layup throws and like, you know, like Jimmy G, right? And I actually think Jimmy, by the way, a side note is having his best season and like is kind of playing with the kind of playing totally with his balls is. out a little. Like, totally. don't you think he's he's playing with his hair down a little? Maybe that's more family uh, friendly. No, 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 no. I I think you're, dude. I think you're absolutely hundred percent right. Like he's playing with house money, and that's yeah, how he's 100%. playing right now. You know, I don't think he's worried about, you know, losing the job to like this upstart rookie, right? Like that's not who. That's yeah. not what he's worried about. Like he's just out there. He's on this one year deal. Whatever. Who cares? Let's just throw it around and let's have fun. You know. And I think he's looked. You're right, dude. He has looked the best he's looked in ages. And look, actually, this is related because, by the way, Jimmy is 100% going to be the Jets starter in 2023. Like, <laughs> th- get ready for that. Like, you're that's dude, so. Right. This, this is all. Right. This is all related. And I actually kind of think that the so and maybe right. this means something for Brees Hall oh, next God. year. But like, if if this all really happens, because one thing I think that like the McCaffrey trade why it works so well with Jimmy is like, you know, because what's Jimmy always is like he gets to that check down too fast. He, he gets, he doesn't like hang in the pocket and, you know, let Brandon, I, you come open deep, like a vertical right. throw, come open yeah. deep. But now he's like, you know what I can. And you've, you've seen this since McCaffrey's been there, especially the last two or three games. It's like, you know what? I can hang on to this ball one beat longer because I know my check down is CMC. And that fool is going to be like, even if it's not the perfectly placed ball, he'll he's get it. it. He can yep. adjust to it. And by the way, he's going to pick up eight, nine, 10 yards after the catch. <laughs> right, so maybe dude, that means totally. something next year for totally. Brees Hall, right? I just it, like in a weird way, it's like, wow, what an inspired move just to make. If that gets Jimmy to play a little bit better, worth all the draft picks, worth it, whatever. Who cares? Anyways, um, I just like, but that, that's like the, the old version of Jimmy G, not this version of Jimmy G. That's like the Shanahan type of quarterback. And like, dude, Zach Wilson's not that at all. Like, you know, even in his college days, he was like a stand in the pocket and like rip the thing, like rip it deep, you know, make off schedule, off platform throws. And it's like, that's not what these guys typically want. They want like the Kirk Cousins, the extension of the quarterback, the Jimmy G, (laughs) the extension of the, or the extension of the head coach. And, you know, Mike White last year, 
55% of his passes uh, were for fewer than 10 air yards. Uh, he threw 58% of his passes to the slot guys lined up in the slaughter in the backfield. Like that seems more like a guy who's going to take the layups and like keep the offense on schedule. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like that's why they're going to this guy. Dude, Mike White threw 14 times to Michael Carter in that game against Cincinnati. That's insane. Um, yeah, that's right. That's that right. is crazy target production. Um, a crazy target share for a running God, it's back. A shame, it's a shame Brees Hall is not. Oh uh, my God. It would be Brees too. Could you imagine? Moon. Yeah. 20, 20 catches. For Brees Hall, you know, 20 <laughs> targets for Brees Hall. Yeah, like legit. It would be like 15 targets for Brees Hall. He'd probably take like two of them to the cribbo. You know what I mean? Oh, like sure. it would just go crazy, dude. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating thinking about Brees Hall uh, with Mike White in this offense. But no. Um, but again, uh, you know, that does come with its with its drawbacks as well, where, sure. you know, if defenses start to, you know, hone in on, the, on that, they know they could play crowd the line of scrimmage a little bit, dare these receivers to kind of beat them deep. And if they could get to the quarterback within, gosh, I don't know, three and a half seconds. And, you know, it's uh, what are we going to do? I will say this when I watch Mike White play and I don't mean this as a knock in any kind of way, but, you know, a lot of what I saw reminded me of Jared Goff, you know, a guy that's <laughs> yeah. um, a guy that's long, lanky, has the requisite arm strength, not a huge gun by any stretch of the imagination, um, is a little stressed when there's a little bit of pressure, goes to the check down a little, uh, just a touch early, you know, just a touch early. Um, and, but again, I, I don't mean that as a knock because to me, I feel like, remember when the ATN guys used to always have that, the Andy Dalton line? You know, yeah. I feel like that's when that that's where Jared Goff is right now. It's not the Andy Dalton line. It's the Jared Goff line. Like if you've got a quarterback better than Jared Goff, you've got a pretty good quarterback. If you've got a quarterback worse than Jared Goff, you, you don't have a very good quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and if you have Jared and, Goff, you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're in the worst situation in the world with with Jared Goff. But then again, you're also not going to win freaking 10 games. Let's be real. You know, no, sure. sure. Um, so that's kind of where you're at. And, and when I watch Mike White play, God, I get a lot of Jared Goff vibes um, and just a slightly worse version of Jared Goff. But but yeah, I'm actually intrigued, Matt. I, I'm glad you brought up those stats about throwing it to the slot. How about Elijah Moore? Should we expect a little bit of a revival here? Hey, and, and just uh, on that Jared Goff point too, like I know that it's like, okay, Jared Goff, that's not exciting. Like, but it's hard to overstate how bad Zach Wilson has been <laughs> to that. Like Jared Goff, if, if you put it's Jared a huge Goff, upgrade. huge, huge oh upgrade. And like, we're talking about Mike White might be like a poor man's version of Jared Goff. So I think, but right. still this, this stat from Mike Sando of the athletic blew my mind. Zach Wilson has 20, is 20 starts into his NFL career. He's averaged minus 0.17 EPA per pass play, which ranks last <laughs> through 20 starts hell? among 41 quarterbacks who were drafted since 2012 and have started at least 20 games. So 41 yeah. quarterbacks who were drafted since 2012 and have started at least 20 games. Zach Wilson is 41st out of 41 players. So, dude, he is essentially the Mormon Drew Locke to me. Like, I, he is he's That's real rough. bad he is real real bad and i i really do not understand i didn't understand the draft pick then i didn't understand the hype then um and and i definitely don't understand why this team went to zach wilson um 
you know, in the, in the early part of the season either. I mean, he's just been playing horrendously. He's been playing horrendously for weeks now. It's crazy. You know, that you predicted that the Bill or the Jets would go 0 and 4 right. and, you know, uh, uh, during this stretch, 2 and 2. Yep. But that goes to like Zach Wilson has been playing this poorly all throughout, like forever since he's been in the NFL. But doesn't that go to show like how good the rest of the team is? Like right. their defense is awesome. Yeah. Um, last year, the the defense, and we'll come back to Eli, I'll come back to Elijah more thing, but like the defense, you know, last year they blitzed at like 25% of their plays. They're down to like a 15% blitz rate this year because, like, oh, we don't have to do gimmicky stuff anymore. Nope. We can just win with Quinn and Williams and Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson and all these dudes we got up front. Like, throw these wins. And like, Sauce Gardner is a dog on the back end. Like, DJ Reed and these guys have hit as their free agent additions. The Jets are actually fifth in cap spending, cash spending this year. Like, that's why this this pro this deal with like wow. this deal like you know Justin Fields like okay they can the Bears can afford to like let Justin figure it out we you know mess around whatever the the Bears are last in the NFL in cash spending they're not trying to win right now the Jets no. are trying to win right the f now and their roster is good enough to do it their defense is good enough to do it and their offensive skill position players we know are so good so I mean it, that's why they're hoping Mike White can kind of come in here and just keep the train on the tracks, keep the ship afloat. And I think that's good news for guys like Garrett Wilson. It's good news for guys like Elijah Moore. That's a great point about the fact he's moving back into the slot. And we saw, you know, Mike, Mike White even had some good games with the Elijah Moore last year. I think his biggest game, Elijah Moore came with Joe Flacco at the helm, but yeah. you know, mm-hmm. still um, th- those, those big games with Mike White were still there. And I definitely think those can be a part of it because, you know, what is Zach? What are we talking about with Zach Wilson? He's not going to take the layups. Like Elijah Moore running routes out of the slot against man or zone coverage. Those are going to be layup routes for Mike White. So much of uh, his target share from from just a visual standpoint did go to the little check downs. Obviously, 14 targets to, um, you know, uh, 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 Michael Carter in, in that game against Cincinnati. And again, in that game against Cincinnati, dude, like, yeah, he's checking down all over the place. But my guy still had 400 yards passing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so he was right there. Um, kind of bringing up these points here uh, for Elijah Moore. And I get it different, you know, scenario right now because Garrett Wilson is playing so well uh, for the yeah. jets uh, with Mike white at the helm. He, you know, Elijah Moore did have some nice little games, you know, a, a, a six target, six catch 67 yard game. He had a two touchdown game. Uh, the bottom line is you look at those numbers, Matt, compared to, <laughs> Compared to what he's doing with Zach Wilson, come on now, Elijah Moore resurrection. Let's go. Yeah, sixty nine point two percent of his snaps were in the slot in week twelve, week eleven. That's a that was a, a thing that the, that they talked about, right? Like that he was going to be that slot receiver, and we definitely saw it in that first game. But you know, he's still kind of running behind. Um, he's still kind of running behind Denzel Mims. You know, Corey Davis back to practice. Um, you know, so we'll see like where Elijah Moore falls on the pecking order for sure. But uh, man, I mean. They definitely got to get him out there. They definitely got to get him back involved. And I think they do want to get him back involved uh, based on the co- the comments from the coaching staff. But um, let me ask you just about Zach Wilson. You think we see him start again this season? Cause Robert Sala left the door open that, that like that, that scenario, like basically they're look they're pitching this and you know, they're saying one thing who knows, but um, yeah, he said, we're looking at this as a reset for him. Like have him work on his fundamentals. And I mean, by the way, tough scene when you're in year two and it's like we need to work on his fundamentals but watch that patriots game and you see like that's a dude that does not have his fundamentals in order period um i mean he looked like he looked a little bit like johnny Manziel out there where it's just so undisciplined 
uh, in terms of what he was doing. So I don't know, man. Like, and also brother, we're in week 12. Like, can this, can this guy figure this out in the next three, four weeks? I mean, let's say we go four weeks, right? We're, we're in week 16, 17. I don't think we see, I do not think we see Zach Wilson for the rest of the season. And then we go into the postseason. It's like, you know, if Mike White's been starting, you know, you know, two, three, four games, five games. Now it's like, are they really going to make a quarterback change as they go into the playoffs? If they can get there, boy, I don't know Right, if they can get there. I tell you what, Mike White would have to just freaking puke on his shoes. I think for him to lose this starting job. And then Joe Flacco would also have to suck before yeah. we see Zach Wilson. Now, I don't know if we're going to see either one of those things happen. Yeah, Zach is going to be inactive this weekend, so that'll be that. But um, uh, Bears this week, that's a gettable game for the oh, Jets yeah. and Mike White. In Minnesota, uh, I think you're listening to this on Thanksgiving or maybe even after Thanksgiving. I do think that the Patriots-Vikings game is the hardest game to read on the slate, and I think like I'm – like I think it could be a statement game for either one of those two teams. By the way, the Patriots are really like, hey, talk about a team that got let off the hook by how bad the Jets were. Um, <laughs> right. You know, in Minnesota, in Buffalo. So those are two tough games. Then they go, they get Detroit and Jacksonville at home. Those are gettable games, gettable matchups for Mike White if he's still, if he's able to survive the Minnesota Buffalo uh, stretch there of the of the of the schedule. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. Minnesota's, um, I think Minnesota's secondary is gettable. Uh, well, they're certainly gettable, but, um, but again, they'll get you back though. Patrick Peterson might get you back. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. And again, Mike white, as we mentioned last year, five touchdowns, eight interceptions. It's not like, it's not like he's not, you know, willing to give it up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, exactly. there, there is some of that too. There is some of that too.